0: We're going to hit on a really, uh, we're going to part two of this, and probably this will be the last one I'm going to do on this subject, but uh, it's such a a major issue right now, speaking of gender dysphoria, which is a very kind way of saying that uh, young people are being pressured into making literal sex changes. And it's like, well, what does that have to do with the church? Why do we care about something like this? Why don't we just let uh, government do what government's going to do, schools do what schools are going to do, parents do what parents are going to do? And uh, it's a huge spiritual issue, which is why we're addressing it here. So we're going to go through some of the things that are taking place once again and uh, add some of the material that will be helpful. Now, I'm telling you, whether you believe it or not, if you have a child or a grandchild or someone you know who's attending a public school, what we're talking about this morning are things they are facing today. It's a very, very serious issue. We're going to look at a few things that are going to point that out this morning, and then we, of course, will bathe this from a spiritual biblical application as to what's taking place in our country and not just our country, but around the world right now. Folks, this all points to one thing. And uh, I'm writing a book right now. i got to get it finished by the end of this month on globalism. Globalism, basically church age chaos. What's taking place in our country? What's taking place in the world? And what is it literally leading to? Again, if we go to Revelation chapter 13, and uh, we'll pray in just a moment, but in Revelation chapter 13, there's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. It's not speculation. It's not allegorizing the Scriptures. In Revelation chapter 13, it makes it very clear that when the Antichrist takes over, the satanic trinity kicks in. You're like, the satanic what? Revelation 13 spells out what the satanic trinity will do. Now, is there a true trinity? God the Father, the Holy Spirit, and Christ. Okay, that's the uh, uh, godly trinity. Satan mimics everything that God is and will do. Why? Deception. It's always deception. And uh, we're going to see that. Now, what we're going to go through, these are not, uh, we're not sensationalizing what's going on. We're not trying to make a, Something out of nothing. Folks, this isn't something out of nothing. This is something out of something that's actually happening. So when we go through this, and it's horribly politically incorrect, the government hates what we're going to talk about this morning. They do. They just do. Uh, the, the, the politicians, uh, the, at least those on—and again, I'm not trying to make a political statement, but I'll make a political statement. The liberal side of the world hates what we're going to talk about this morning. The secular school systems hate what we're going to talk about this morning because we are going to point out literal issues, not made-up issues, not things just to try and get uh, uh, folks to listen. Folks, this is literal, horrible, dramatic things that are taking place in our country which are going to ruin it. You say, wait a minute, is going to ruin it? Yes, this country will be ruined. And you say, how do you know that? Because I've read Revelation 13. And Revelation 13 makes it very clear that after the rapture of the church, Satan will empower the Antichrist to empower the false prophet, the satanic trinity again, made up of Satan, the Antichrist, and the false prophet. Those three individuals at the midpoint of the tribulation will mandate that every person on this earth under the penalty of death will either worship the Antichrist or die. That's that's it. Uh, Revelation speaks to it. You can't get away from it. This is truth, folks. Again, we're not speculating. We're not making this up. This is what God in his prophetic word has made absolutely, positively distinct is indeed going to take place. So with that in mind, and and I really preface this, especially for those watching on the Internet that aren't part of Union Grove Baptist Church, we have to make it perfectly clear what we're talking about and where we're going so there's no uh, misunderstanding. There's a book that I brought out last week and was in the handout, at least in the footnotes, and it's written from a Christian perspective. It's probably one of the only books I've found so far, and in doing my research for the book I'm doing, uh, The Gender Dysphoria, which will explain why that politically correct term is being used basically means how to wreck a child's sexuality. And again, there's no children in here this morning. I'm going to be semi-blunt, but I'll be cautious in what I say. It's a huge issue, and we're going to attack it not only from looking at how the world is viewing this, but the horrible damage that it's inflicting on our young generation. The book that I'm referring to, which I, I do recommend is called The Danger of Puberty Suppression. Now, if you weren't here last week, you missed out. I highly encourage you, if you have children, grandchildren, or you care about the young generation, to get on the internet. Go to myugbc.com. Get last week's uh, uh, Sunday school or adult Bible fellowship lesson. I go through this. I'm going to touch on a few things out of this this morning, but based on time, I want to hit some other things. But this will tell you with, I mean, it does pull punches on what's taking place with our younger children today. Let's, uh, let's pray, and then we'll get into this. Father, I pray now that as we approach this very, very difficult subject, that, Lord, you'll give us guidance, that you'll give us help. Lord, there may be some potentially in this room, there is definitely going to be some watching on the Internet today that are going to be extremely troubled by what we're going to present. But, Father, I pray that we would approach this not from an emotional side, not from a, well, I believe this is right side, but one that where we compare what you say in your word with what's taking place in our country and around the world today. So, Father, we're going to sound the alarm, as I believe you've called us to do. Help us to be loving in our presentations when we do deal with folks that are going through this. And, uh, Lord, just guide us. We need your help as we touch on this very, very sensitive and highly volatile situation. We commit it to you in Christ's name. Amen. All right, I'm going to ask one more time. uh, Do we still have the handout somewhere? Okay, if you didn't get a handout, you may want to get one. Uh, They're sitting on the back podium. I'm going to uh, start out by reading a section. So we're going to be talking on, again, this highly volatile subject of, and I use political pressure to start at the beginning because this is a very, 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 strong issue with the current government, with our current administration. They've been pushing this on our young people. They're pushing it on the schools. They're pushing it as basically you do this or you basically could face civil criminal type penalties. And that's going to happen one day. Uh, What we're talking about, that's going to be protected by the government and some of this already is. So again, here's where we're approaching this from. Not, And I'm I want to be very cautious how I state this. There are people that are definitely watching on the Internet right now, maybe uh, folks that could be in our midst right now, that have gone through this, that have gone through, if you will, questioning your gender. There are some that may have already taken steps to change it. And you say, well, are you condemning people Personally and as a church for those who have done this. Listen carefully. No. Now, I don't agree with anyone who's undertaken that practice, but as I've clearly stated over and over and over again, every single person, regardless of what you've done yesterday or the day before or the year before, is welcome at Union Grove Baptist Church. I don't care if you what you've done. Now, I will also say that those that are struggling with this issue or have gone through this type of issue, we're going to teach the truth here. We just are. We're not going to compromise. It may be offensive to some. It's, and again, the gospel is offensive. God's word is offensive at times. And uh, some people, their hearts are going to be pricked. Their minds are going to be pricked. And it's like, well, I don't agree with you. Well, that's fine. You, you have that right. I'm going to tell you what the Word of God states. I'm, I'm not trying to be uh, a know-it-all. I'm just trying to be scriptural. And I hope we can all agree to do that. So as tough as this subject is, we need to address it from a Christian perspective. We need to address it from a perspective that loves people despite their sin. And folks, there's all sorts of sins. This is simply one thing that the government and others are using to breed confusion. Why is this happening? And then we'll look at this article. Why are we going through this today? Why is all of a sudden what we're going to look at exponentially increasing? Folks, what is happening, what the government and what the secular world is setting up for is Revelation 13. Now, we do have some new folks here, so I'm going to take you back to when President Trump was in office. And if you're a conservative, most conservatives appreciated the agenda and the things that President Trump did. And you may not have. This isn't about President Trump, but it's about what's taken place in our country since he lost office. We were moving on a much more conservative national platform. Not a global platform, but a national platform. His red hat with the theme on it said what? Make America. He didn't say make the world great. He said make America great. That's a nationalist. In other words, America was at the top of his agenda. And I've stated this many a time. I've stated it on the media, on radio, on television, when I was sheriff and so forth, and other different things that took place back then, that the the former president was on a national scale. Now, he tried to keep the world intact and do all the things he did, but he cared about America. Now, listen carefully. Whether you agreed with him or not, President Trump was messing up the prophetic picture. You say, what do you mean by that? He was a nationalist. That does not play into the satanic global system, which is what's coming. I mean, it's it's coming. There's no getting away from it. So all of a sudden now we have a change of administrations, and we're watching as everything has gone from a national scale to a what? It's global. It's a world. It's setting up. And, you know, we don't know when Jesus is coming back. Could be today, could be tomorrow, could be 100 years from now or more. We don't know. But isn't it amazing that the nationalist somehow is thrown out of office and a serious globalist is now in his place? And you say, well, is that good, bad, or ugly? Well, you can decide that on your own, but here's the, I'm looking at it from a biblical perspective. If the rapture's going to happen in our generation, and boy, I mean, how much more needs to happen before it happens, right? <laughs> you know, it's just sitting at the, I mean, it's like, we're we going to get through today. I don't know, I'm waiting for Jesus to come and get us out of here. It's like, well, enough's enough here. But what's going to happen? Well, right now, everything is set up exactly for Revelation 13 to start kicking in the moment we're gone start moving that agenda forward is that going to happen I don't know alright so let's look at again we're going to look at political pressure and this massive issue that is affecting your children and your children's children let's uh, take a look at our study sheet now this comes out of the Washington stand now this is not a liberal paper paper So they kind of get some really good articles on this on occasion, and this one came out October thirteenth of twenty twenty-two. So I like recent stuff because it hits home where we're at today. Let's um, and I normally don't read articles, but I want to read some of this because it's very important. We understand what's taking place. Trans identifying students increase nine hundred and ninety-one percent over two years in wealthy D.C. suburb. Now, folks, 991% increase, that gets anyone's attention. If you've got investments and you have a 991% increase, are you going to be really happy about that? I mean, it's like, woo that's good stuff. If you have a 991% decline, that means you lost 900% over and over again. <laughs> I mean, it's bad. And God's point, or God, the, the the paper is pointing this out, or the Internet. I still, boy, I still had old-fashioned newspaper things in my head. Don't hardly use that anymore. All right, let's see what it says. Students who reject their biological sex are skyrocketing in Montgomery County public schools, increasing almost 11-fold since the school introduced a gender support form in 2019, according to self-reported data, with a population that topped 1 million in 2020, and a median family income of 111,000 at the 2010 census. Montgomery County, Maryland, lies just north of Washington, D.C., and is Maryland's largest school district. According to data from a slide presentation inadvertently posted to Twitter, hang on, let me remind everyone, If you want to be private, don't put it on the Internet. (laughs) We have some young people that have posted some things on Instagram, and they think nobody's going to see it or hear about it. Well, if it gets to one person, it gets to 100 people, or 1,000 people, or 10,000 people, or 100,000 people, because guess what? If you put it out there, it's going to go to everybody. And it can be very embarrassing and very costly. According to data from a slide presentation inadvertently posted to Twitter, the public now knows how many students in Montgomery County's 84 schools are struggling with their gender identity. In other words, males don't realize they're males, girls don't realize they're girls. They're struggling. Am I a boy? Am I a girl? Don't know. And this is real stuff, folks. Or at least how many told school personnel about their struggle? Paragraph 3, the data show the reports of gender nonconformity are accelerating among Montgomery County students. In the school year 2019-2020, to 35 students filled out the form. Four in elementary school, 19 in middle, 12 in high. In high school year 2020-2021, 108 students filled out the form. 15 elementary, 40 middle, 53 high school for a cumulative total of 143. Next year, 239 students filled out the form, and it goes through the numbers for a cumulative total of 382. In the current incomplete school year, 41 students have filled out the form, and it goes through the numbers for a cumulative total of 423 students. Bottom paragraph, the number of forms the school system received tripled from 2019 to 2020, 19, or 2020 Doubled again from 2020 to 2021. In the Daily Caller's report, they note that the 682% increase over two years. However, the data are even more troubling. The early statistics only record the intake form for supporting student gender identity. Therefore, they are roughly cumulative. So the proper comparison is... While by the end of 2019 or 2020 had received forms from 35 students, by the end of 2022 they had received forms from 382, an increase of 991% over two years, or nearly 11 times as many. For context, if the number of students reporting gender nonconformity were constant, succeeding years would see fewer forms submitted than the first year instead of multiple times as many. All right, so what's taking place in our country? What's taking place in our schools? Now, I didn't put it on the paper today, but uh, recently on the news, again, those of you that are still watching mainstream media, local television, Wauwatosa School District, which is right up the street about a half an hour from here in Milwaukee County, where I live. I live in Franklin. This happened uh, in the Wauwatosa School District. It came out that uh, uh, they were going to be teaching kindergartners, about gender dysphoria in other words uh, 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 does your kindergarten know if they're a male or a female folks this is going into the secular school system are you male or, or not are you a female or not and you say well you know uh, uh, fortunately my child's in and again how do you deal with this well boy you better have a strong home if your kids are going there I'd strongly consider homeschooling or doing something else but uh, that's a, a parental decision but if you have a, a child and are they're going to be challenged. And they're going to be challenged by the school system. And they're going to be taught in graphic fashion. Graphic fashion. Uh, Valerie met with uh, a former teacher that was, uh, uh, had served with her at a Christian school they both taught at. And they got a hold of the book that they're going to be using. For which grade was that? Kindergarten. Kindergarten. And uh, basically, uh, the, to the former teacher said it is so graphic for kindergartners that it would register as pornography. That's, that's the statement. I didn't make it, they did. Now, folks, that's what's going on. Why are you doing that with children? Because you see this book that most of you have in your hands or pick up your cell phone with the book inside of it? This book is anthology anti-globalism. Just it. This book is anti-immorality. It is. This book says we are to live certain ways as God's people. And this book is the exact opposite of what the globalist system wants incorporated in the lives of our children and in your life. And they will do whatever it takes to try and smash this thing. Folks, you understand that Christianity is eventually going to be outlawed? Do you understand that? You say, wait a minute, what are you talking about? We're in the, the uh, freedom of religion, First Amendment. hmm It's coming. I don't know when. We're going to keep praying. We're going to keep begging God. Uh, please not while we're still down here. But it could happen. Uh, do you know that there's countries around the world that have outlawed Christianity. Do you understand that there's countries around the world that you come in and propagate the gospel that your neck is going to be touched by metal and you will be killed and your head chopped off? It's no joke. I mean, it's happening. Read the Voice of the Martyrs. Go on the Internet and look it up. It's happening all over the world. So it's serious business. So here's the problem we face as Christians living in America today. Well, I live in Racine or Kenosha or Milwaukee or some of the other areas that, you, that uh, our folks come from, it's like, oh, yeah, life is good. We don't see any of this. We're not facing it. Oh, yeah, we hear about it over there. We hear about it up there, and we hear about it down there, but, I mean, we're cool. It's good. Life is good. No, it's not. No, it's not, because it's sitting at the precipice right now. It's sitting at your doorstep, and all these things... Puberty suppression, gender dysphoria, all these different things are trying to get to our young... Oh, wait a minute. Who controls young people? Who controls them? Take a look in the mirror. If you can not only sway the children, but persuade the adults that this is right, do you have winner-winner? The government does, the secular world does. Listen, I'm telling you right now, if you look at the statistics, and Barn has done the st- uh, blah, statistics, Gallup has done the statistics, you're going to find that 60 to 70% of all Americans, well, that's okay. Same sex marriage is okay. Changing your gender is okay. Folks, that's where America is headed. That's where the world is headed. Why? This has to be silenced. Have you ever heard of cancel culture? It's real. I I mean, it's not a joke anymore. Now, for us here, I go to Union Grove Baptist Church. We stand where we stand. Life is good. We shall not be moved. Well, folks, do you understand how many people come to Union Grove Baptist Church or other Bible-believing churches in Wisconsin, around the country, around the world? We are a minority. Again, we go back to the uh, Barna report that says that 96% of all people around the world, including America, don't believe what we believe. That means we've got about 5 or 6% that hold to biblical standards. On, uh, when we were doing uh, Prophecy Focus on Wednesday nights, I came out with reports about the amount of pastors who don't hold to this. Allegedly Bible-believing pastors, that I, I, they won't say what I'm saying right now. They're going to compromise. Why? Oh, we're afraid we're going to lose people. Well, I don't want to lose people, but I'm I'm still going to tell the truth. Well, it might affect the offering. So be it. That's not why we have church, to see how much people we can put in the pews and how much money we can put in the plate. Now, I want to see people in the pews, and I want the budget to be taken care of, but that's not the priority here. The priority is serving the Lord, doing right, teaching folks. And by the way, I found out this. If you preach the Word, teach the Word in love, do you watch people flown out of here? We don't. Preach the Word, teach the Word in love, tell the truth, don't be mean-spirited about it, don't scream, yell, pound your fist, punch people in the nose, that's that's not what God's looking for. Just tell the truth. Be kind about it. Loving. Let adults make adult decisions. And by the way, you wouldn't be here because this isn't the first time you heard it, Right? All right. So let's move on. Go down to the bottom chart. We do want to get into Scripture in a few moments. Uh, This is a chart now, again, uh, came out from identification of, and again, if you're not familiar with the acronyms, LGBT, lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender. Aren't those lovely words? I mean, you're like, are you serious? You're saying those at, uh, at church? We need to hear them at church because we need to understand what they are and why we need to guard against them. All right, so the uh, the, the lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender groups. Take a look at the what's happening culturally. And this is a cultural statistical report. So we're looking down at the, uh, the bottom of the chart. Me and you would probably be somewhere... Traditionalists, regardless of when you were born, because you're following a Christian agenda. So, among us, there is a very, very small, or among conservative individuals, or just plain the old generation, of which I'm not a part. (laughs) No comments. Anyway, um, 0.8% buy into the LGBT community. Baby boomers, and again, you see the ages 46 to 64, percent buy into it. Generation X, 65 to 80, just keeps going up, 4.2%. Why is the percentage going up? Because they're being indoctrinated the way me and you weren't when we went to school. Kindergarten! Kindergarten! Pornographic pictures for kindergartners to teach them, Well. Is this the right part? Am I in the right body? Am I really a boy? Am I really a girl? I don't feel like a boy. I don't. Where do they get that from? Why does a boy all of a sudden not feel like a boy? Because somebody told him. Now, I know there's, we call them uh, uh, girls that like to do more what we would term and would maybe wrongly so masculine things. They like to climb trees and play football and baseball. Is is that a gender issue? It's not a gender issue. It's that's what they enjoy doing. So what? So be it. Enjoy it. Guys that like to do certain other things that would be considered more in the feminine line and I'm not even going to name anything because I don't want to cast aspersions on anything. We don't need that. But there's a guy that enjoys doing some things that traditionally ladies like to do. Is that wrong? Absolutely not. As long as it doesn't have to do with attire and makeup. Yeah, go for it. Enjoy. What's happening, though? Well, Junior, my boy, likes to do X, and that's a female thing, so he must be a female. Where does that nonsense come from, the secular culture? Millennials, 1981 to 1996, all the way up to 10.5. Generation Z, 1997 to 2003, 20.8%. Why? Because this is being shoved down your children's and grandchildren's throat that this is the right thing to do, and they are forcing this agenda on our children. Ladies and gentlemen, this ought not so to be. It's a problem. All right. So you say, well, Pastor, you come on, man. You know we we realize what's going on around the country. We, we realize our schools are messed up and they're problematic. Do we? Do we? Last week, and of course, I'm not saying who. I had several people come up to me after I was done crying. Upset because their families have been affected by this. And you say, well, what do you do as a pastor? I feel horrible for them. They're going through a tough time. They're trying to figure out, how do I deal with this? What do I do now? I mean, they've gone this route. They've They've gone down this path. What am I supposed to do? What do you do with anybody that's done... Something that may not correspond with biblical principles, what do you do with them? You pray for them, you love on them, you put your arm around them and embrace them. You say, oh, wait a minute you how, how can I even bring them into my home? how can i i even uh, uh folks you got any uh relatives or friends that had sex before marriage? Well, yeah, but that's no big deal not in our culture. Yeah, in our culture. Is it wrong? Is it sin? Would you bring those people into your home? Oh, of course. That's not so obvious. (laughs) You know any any, uh, relatives or friends that have ever lied? Oh, Oh yeah, every single one of them. You bring them into your home? Now, here's what I'm saying. And you have to be a little cautious on this, and of course, If you have children at home and they come in and they're doing things that are inappropriate and wrong and showing open affection, no, that's not going to happen. not going to happen in my home. Fortunately, I don't have to worry about it at this point. But no, I'm not going to allow it in my home. But if it's a loved one and somebody you care about and they come in, they're willing to behave themselves and not do something openly in front of the kids and so forth yeah, I'm still going to love them, still going to care about them, I'm not going to agree with them, I'll make a note, I'm not going to agree with them, but speak the truth in. Folks, this is an outward sign that many of us look at, and it's like, oh, I can't believe they did this, it's the most horrible thing that ever happened, well, it's not good, and we're not going to condone sin, and we're not going to tell people this, and ah, it's okay, no, it's not okay, can we say that together, it is not okay. It's against God's word. It's against God's principles. It is not okay. It is not okay that the government says it's okay. It's not okay that the school system says it's okay. It's not okay that liberal parents say it's okay. It's not okay when Christian parents, because their child decides to turn away from God and take on and do these things, it's not okay to support that decision. It is not okay to encourage that decision. I don't encourage anyone along these lines anymore, then I would encourage someone that's a member of my family or friend, if they are an alcoholic, I'm not going to encourage them to go to the bar and adjust their lifestyle to include alcohol. Not going to do it. I'm not going to include a cocaine, fentanyl, marijuana a person who's involved in illicit drugs. I'm not going to encourage them to do that. It's deadly. You say, well, Brother Rich, this sounds a little, uh, ooh, getting kind of rough in here. Am I making a point? Yes, sir. Folks, it's, it's, it's where we're going. And, and, our, and our world's going upside down, crossways, sideways, and we've got to take a stand. All right? So, what am I doing? I'm bringing this issue to you. By the way, Do I go to your house and check up on what you're doing at your home? Yeah. Yeah, No. (laughs) Maybe you on occasion. (laughs) This isn't about what Brother Rich does. It's about what your relationship with the Lord. All right. I'm going to run out of time. Let's go to page two. Top paragraph is a statement that I've already made that I don't care what you did yesterday, the day before, the month before, the year before. I don't care if you had 50,000 surgeries and have had uh, puberty-changing hormone therapy and all the rest of it. You're still going to be loved at Union Grove Baptist Church. I will be happy to help anyone to figure this out. But no, we will never, ever condone sin. I will not do it. But I will love the sinner. Does that make sense? Hate the sin, and you ought to hate the sin, but you better love the sinner. I've had people say, "Don't have you, God never told us to love sinners?" Well, if Jesus didn't love sinners, mean you would have never been saved. But God demonstrates His love towards us and that while we were yet sinners. sinners, Christ died for us. All right, let's set the biblical tone. And again, I could go on and on and on and on and on ad infinitum through the many different things that are taking place. Through the hormone therapy where young people have literally been, uh, they take these puberty suppressors which stops them from developing normal hormonal uh, 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 body parts and, and uh, uh, if you will, the, what, what am I looking for? That, the hormones, there we go. I mean, it's just plain hormone changing. And it stops progress. And then they take the opposite hormones to change their body. Then if they keep progressing, they go into gender-alternative surgeries. And the next thing you know, you have a guy that literally does look like a girl or a girl who literally does look like a guy. And uh, uh, based on which report you read, if you read the gender-lover or the gender-affirming gender dysphoria reports, oh, boy, virtually 100% of everybody's happy they've done it. It's not the reports that you read from those that want to tell the truth when 90% are upset that they've done it. So you decide which reports you want to read. Genesis 127. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. God does not make mistakes. What God creates is perfect. Verse 28. Then God blessed them, and God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply. Wait a second. Let's just use some common sense right now. Boy with boy. How, do you, how can you be fruitful and multiply? <laughs> of course, they have an answer to that. Well, you know, if a girl is made into a boy and she still maintains some of her parts, then a male can be with... No, no. No. That's, that's nonsense. It's secular nonsense. It's playing with reality. Uh, He made them male and female. Why? Because he said, be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth, subdue it. Genesis 6. But I will establish my covenant with you, and you shall go into the ark, you, your sons, your wife, and your sons' wives with you, and of every living thing of all flesh. You shall bring two of every sort into the ark to keep them alive with you. They shall be male and female. God said, listen, I'm going to save eight people, and I'm going to save two of every clean animal, and it better be a male and a female, because after I destroy everything, when they get off the ark, they need to be what? They need to be fruitful and multiply. Two men can't do it. Two females can't do it. They can have all the surgeries in the world. It's not going to change who they are. It just isn't. Matthew 19, And Aunt Jesus answered and said to them, Have you not read that he who made them at the beginning made them male and female, and said, For this reason a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. Why? So not only can they have the marriage bond, but that they can increase. Can't do that with two males, not with two females. Let's go down to Ephesians and uh, get real specific here New Testament Apostle Paul for this reason, a man now, four things when we interpret Scripture and we've been through this a million times historical, contextual background, and then on occasion I'll say we need to look at the grammar so historical, contextual, grammatical and literal interpretation of the Bible it's the only way we get it right the grammar here is going to make it very clear what we're talking about The Greek language is very specific when it comes to male and female gender-oriented words. Ephesians 5, for this man, a reason, a man. Greek, masculine, gender. Now, of course, the uh, liberal community will do everything they can to discount what it says here, try and twist it, change it. You can't change it. Now, they can, but it's not legitimate. A man is a masculine gender, period. Shall leave his father and mother, by the way, masculine word, feminine word, and be joined to his wife. Not his partner, joined to his wife. Female gender. Do we make that clear? Man means male, not not a female made into a man, but a man means a man. Biological birth. Wife, female, gender. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. And the two shall become one flesh. Why? Because they're going to come together, and what are they going to do? God willing, they'll have children. They'll procreate. They'll continue to fill the earth as God demanded for humanity. Romans chapter 1, for the wrath of God. And we're going to close with this section. I want you to be very, very, very into what we're going to read right now. In Romans chapter 1 it makes it very 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 clear about this issue. There is no way to get around it. Well, <laughs> strike that thought. The secular world, the liberal churches, the churches that believe in gender dysphoria and believe in gender changes, yeah, they'll basically they'll rewrite Oh, yeah, have you ever heard about rewriting history? Yeah. Fake news. Here it is. By the way, do we believe the word of God is the word of God? Amen. Do we believe that every single word that God put into the original languages, scriptures, that it's from God? Amen. For the wrath of God is re... The what? The wrath of God. In other words, you want to get God upset? For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all what? Ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who suppress the truth and unrighteousness. Now, hold on to your seatbelts. We're going to do this word for word now. Because what may be known of God is manifest in them, for God has shown it to them. For since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are what? Without excuse. Because although they knew God, they did not glorify him as God, nor were thankful, but became futile in their thoughts, and their foolish hearts were darkened. Welcome, secular world. Verse twenty-two, professing to be wise, they became fools, and changed the glory of the incorruptible God into an image made like corruptible man, birds, four-footed beasts, creeping things. Now God's going to talk about the wrath that He's going to bring upon this earth. Written about first latter part of the first century, He's like, "You want to live that lifestyle? You want to reject God? You want to get into idolatry? Here's my wrath. Here's the judgment." Then I'm going to bring down upon you. Verse 24. Because of their horrible way of living, therefore, based on the corruptibility of man, God also gave them up to uncleanness in the lust of their hearts to dishonor their bodies among themselves, who exchanged the truth of God for the lie and worshiped and served the creature rather than creator who is blessed forever. Amen. And God says, Okay. You're going to go to the next step of sin. You're going to reject me. You're going to start worshiping and serving something besides me. I'm going to up the ante on my wrath. Verse 26 For this reason, God gave them up to what? Vile, horrific, horrendous, terrible passions. For even their women exchange the natural use for what is against nature. Well, what does he mean? We're going to spell it out in a moment here. Just plain old female with female intimate relationships, lesbianism. You say, "Oh, that's so politically incorrect." It is. That we can agree on. Verse twenty-seven. Likewise, also the men leaving the natural use of the woman burned in their what lust, one for another. Men with men committing what is shameful and receiving in themselves the penalty of their error which was due. Isn't it amazing? Boy, I'm going to get a whole other community mad right now. Isn't it amazing? The amount of Sexually transmitted diseases there are in the world today, and the amount of folks that have died from them, and the amount the billions of dollars that are spent on medications trying to preserve those who have gone into immorality. It's not surprising to me. And even as the last verse, he said, and even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a what? A debased mind to do those things which are not fitting. All right. We're out of time. Here's the bottom line, folks. You say, Pastor, do you enjoy talking about this? Do you enjoy going through these things? The answer is absolutely not. I don't. It's a scourge on our society, but you know why it's happening. And this is the key thing. Why is this taking place in our generation? Because Satan is setting up for that one world government, one world economy, and one world religion. Revelation 13, all three are spelled out in living color. And that, unfortunately, me and you are still here before the rapture happens, and we're starting to see these things come to fruition. What do we do, Pastor? Well, I guess we're going to have to come back next week, but here's the bottom line. Better keep an eye on your kids. You better watch what's... uh, If you don't have cell phone blockers, you're just inviting devil into your home they're seeing it on they're seeing it on instagram they're seeing it on facebook they're seeing it on every dirty rotten pornographic site you can think of they're watching their friends talk about it if they if your children or grandchildren go to secular schools it's being forced on i mean forced 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 this is what's coming oh i'm sorry this is what's here father Difficult, difficult subject. We could go on and on and on about this. We can scream from the highest mountaintops the warnings that you've given to us. Father, every single one of us needs to examine this. We need to understand it. And we need to come up with a plan to protect our children and our grandchildren and those that are willing to embrace the greatest news ever given to mankind, the gospel of Jesus Christ. Father, there is no other answer than Jesus There is nothing else that can change the heart except Jesus. There's nothing else that can keep us on your path besides Jesus and the Holy Spirit. So Father, would you help us not to be swayed by the world, not to fall prey to the world's ways. But Father, as tough as it is in our culture, as as totally politically incorrect as it is in our culture, please, Lord, help us to stand firm, save our children from this nonsense, and help us do the right thing. Father, bless these Sunday school children as they're dismissed after they've heard from loving, caring teachers the truth. Help us to always proclaim the truth. And all God's people said, amen. Amen. Thank you, folks. Have a great afternoon. Again, Jonathan Russ, missionary, will be here at 6 p.m. if he can make it. God bless. See you for Harvest Sunday.